Welcome everyone to Potential Awaits Podcast. My name is Sue Wetsworth, your host, coach, and professor that founded Worth Results to help people maximize their potential and achieve what they want out of life. Today, we're going to talk about credit building. So put away your distractions and focus on today's lesson because this podcast class is now in session. So for those of you that listened to lesson three, we started talking about credit And I said at the end of that lesson that I'll need to do a part two, and here it is. That lesson was more on managing your credit and understanding your credit score. I'm going to talk now to those that have no credit score or a less than desirable credit score because you're new to credit or new to debt, been using your spouse's credit for many years, and now need your own, or those that did some things to their credit and need to rebuild it. The reason why I chose this topic for many getting their dream home or vacation property or even a business is an inspirational goal. And for that, you need a good credit score. Again, a credit score and report knowledge isn't taught in schools. Many people don't understand how it's created, what are the factors that generate the information and the scores, and what you do to increase the score. So, First things first, remember I mentioned last time that credit bureau reports are generated usually from two main companies in Canada. One is Equifax and the other is TransUnion Canada. Most of the creditors you deal with have accounts with both, but mainly Equifax. So when you want to get information on your own credit score and report, Equifax is usually the place you go. And remember that scores range from 300 to 900. Most Canadians will do quite well with a 700 plus score, meaning they can usually get any type of credit they can afford. Therefore, we need to watch what happens to our scores. Why? Well, if you want to get credit or loans or mortgages from major banks, what your credit score is can have an impact not only getting the loan or the mortgage and pricing down the road. The reason why that is, is because the score you have dictates the level of risk you are to the bank. Whether you've paid your debts on time, whether you have access to credit for emergencies, what kind of credit experience and relationships you have, all come into play in generating your score. Second, let's talk to those that have no credit or no real credit score. So young people, new to credit, new to Canada, new to Canadian credit, or people who have preferred to deal in cash. Cash is great, but we unfortunately live in a society where credit and your score in credit dictates certain options for you. How to start generating a score. The first thing is to apply for easy credit. Easy credit means a credit card or loan with very little to no underwriting. So very little to qualify you on. Credit cards use simple applications to determine how much credit to give you and underwrite if they feel uh, giving you a card will be an acceptable risk. So having one, maybe two credit cards works to generate a score. And if you use them and pay them off every month, that generates a better score than not using them at all. 
Having a credit card and not using it regularly will not help your score or history because creditors and Equifax cannot see your credit spending or repayment habits. Just use it on things that you would normally use cash on. Gas and groceries are one of my favorite main items to use credit cards on. Having multiple credit cards doesn't mean you have a better credit rating or score than someone else that only has two. Yes, you may have more access to credit, but you only have credit cards. That isn't enough to give you something like a larger loan or mortgage. You need some other types of debt in order to generate a better score. The second easy type of credit is an RRSP loan. Now, an RRSP is a Registered Retirement Savings Plan for saving for retirement. Now, I know some of you younger people are going, retirement, really? Why would I get a loan for retirement? Well, it can also help you save for a down payment for a home. And, well, that's a subject for another time. But to build your credit score and your credit history, an RRSP loan is a great way to do that. First, because you can get an instant RRSP loan, sometimes... Um, at $1,000 or up to $5,000, depending on the bank, with little or no underwriting. Again, just an application. They'll lend you the money, put it into an RRSP at that bank where you got the loan, and you pay back the loan, and you earn interest on the RRSP, and you even get a tax deduction. If that wasn't a win-win-win, you have another form of credit to add to your credit history improving your record, and improving your credit score. Now you have two different types of credit, and as long as you pay it back and on time, your score improves. Even people with damaged credit can likely get an RRSP instant loan. Now, how easy is it really to get these? Well, many years ago, I helped my son open up a bank account at Scotiabank. Because he was under 16, my name had to be on it at first. With that opening of an account, I got solicited for four things in about six months from Scotia. A pre-approved credit card, pre-approved RSP loan, pre-approved RSP line of credit, and preferred interest rates on opening other accounts and investments. For them, it was that easy. I did take them up on an RSP line of credit, and all I needed to do was to have a conversation on the phone, and it got set up. Now, that's another product that will help build your credit score. It is a line of credit. Now, historically, lines of credit used to be very difficult to get. They were really only given out for those higher income earners. Now, though, you can get a lower line of credit limit and just about anyone can qualify. Some banks offer them as a pre-approval, but many need more underwriting. But getting a limit, let's say 5000 or 10000 now again, you need to be comfortable with this credit. And if you're doing something like a project or some other kind of purpose, that's one thing. But if you're just applying to build your credit, a smaller limit like 5000 will be very sufficient. A line of credit is similar to a credit card. However, interest starts at the time of purchase on a line of credit. A credit card is delayed until the payment is not made. The other difference is the rate of interest. Line of credit rates of interest are much, much lower. 
So using lines of credit should be different than how you use a credit card and for different items that perhaps you expect to pay back over a few months. So again, now you've got three different types of credit. And since you're varying your types of credit and you're paying them all monthly, then you're showing responsibility with each and your score will go up. Another easy credit is a cell phone. Cell phones right now are expensive, and as such, you tend to finance the phone and a carrier package at the same time. So when you go to Apple and look at their new iPhone, they'll ask you which carrier you want to deal with. So let's say you say Rogers. Now, in order to get the new phone through Rogers, you need to pay about 90 bucks a month for the new phone and a three-year plan. That plan is a loan. That loan is put on your credit report, and as you pay that phone plan back, you're paying back the loan. Again, another type of credit, and your score improves. Now, I see many clients who have purchased cell phones for their kids and then let the kids pay the phone bill. That is one way to ruin your credit score. It's too bad, really, because you want to provide for your child and you want to give them responsibility. Like us, we have kids, they have cell phones, we put them on our plan, but we pay the plan. Why? Because it's our credit score. So if you're going to get a cell phone for yourself, great. For your child, great. But if it's in your name, you pay the plan. Make the payment yourself. It is amazing how many times it happens where a responsible young person just forgot to pay the bills and the parents were not aware until a banker told them about the blip on their credit. Now, the next thing you have to watch is how quickly you get all these products. Remember, with every credit inquiry or credit application you do, even an instant one, a credit inquiry is generated with Equifax. With multiple credit inquiries in a six-month time frame, your credit score will go down. So you think, great, I'm upping my credit score, getting a credit card, a cell phone, I love that RSP loan thing, let's get that, my score will go up. Well, if you get them all within that short time, some of that good work you're doing will not work in your favor because the number of new inquiries is too great. Remember from last time, the more inquiries you have together, the more fraudulent behaviors you are exhibiting. So that increases your risk profile to banks and as such lowers your score. It doesn't mean don't get something when you need to get it because you're worried about the inquiry and how it affects your score. That is different. One standalone inquiry will not damage your score. You need to understand, building credit takes time. It should really be done over a year, but ideally over two, if you're starting from scratch. If you do have some cards and want to improve your score, then getting one or two more products will do more good than harm. Now, improving an already established score, how do you do that? Again, it depends on what other products you have, how long you've had them, and how you've been paying them. You have a blip on your credit report, like a parent that I mentioned with the kids paying the cell phone, or some other argument that you had with a creditor, you want to repair the score and improve it. Those blips, by the way, they take seven years to get off your report. 
So as I said, building credit takes time. The best way to improve a score is to have relationships with creditors for a long time. So keep the longest credit card you have, keep that relationship with the bank you have as long as you can. But the fastest way to improve your score, other than what I've already mentioned, is the availability of utilization. That doesn't mean having every line of credit or credit card at every bank with no balance or little balances on them. That doesn't make you a good credit risk either. Why? You have no loyalty whatsoever, and you are a credit hound, which means you have so much credit to use, if you max them all out, you wouldn't be able to afford it. Secondly, you may use each item to help pay off the other credit item, and banks don't really know if you are good credit risk or not. So too much credit is not good either. I've had many clients say, hey, they offered it to me, so I took it. Bad, bad, bad. Remember, banks are a business, and their business is to sell debt products. You don't have to take everything you're sold. In fact, that type of purchasing is never good. So don't do that. It's extreme and unnecessary. What I mean by utilization is have as much room on your revolving products as possible. The more available credit you have, the better of a cushion you have in case something goes wrong. Again, it is about risk. Now, you may have $30,000 sitting in your bank account at all times, and there is your cushion. But from a credit perspective, if all your revolving debt is maxed out, which means at the limits, on your report, or even have half of your items maxed out, having that savings in the bank means nothing to your credit score. In fact, it would be worth the conversation with you to say, why do you have the savings giving you no interest in your bank when you're being charged 19% on credit cards or 5% on your line of credit? There are many people who do that. I see them every day. Again, that doesn't make sense to do for so many reasons. So paying off your credit monthly is very important, but having as much room on your credit is also important. Checking your own score by contacting Equifax yourself and getting a copy of your own report is crucial if you want to know what's happening with your credit and you want to do it about every six months. You requesting your own report doesn't create an official inquiry to Equifax because it's you. It's only creditors that inquire is what triggers the score to change. With all of the fraud that's going on, Equifax actually has an alert, if you sign up for it, where they will contact you if anything new has changed on your credit report. It's very good to have for those that are looking to improve their score or who are worried about identity theft. So to recap, before we go, build a score, have long-term relationships with your creditors, have more than one product type, so credit cards, loans, lines of credit. Remember, mortgages are not shown on credit reports. That's why I didn't mention them. And keep those payments coming. Pay them off monthly if possible, and if not, then more than the minimum payments. That will all help build your score and keep it healthy so you can get what you really want. Lastly, don't argue with a creditor. And especially, don't do that and think you not paying them will be, you know, 
getting back at them. That harms you, not them. Pay first, argue second. So that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. I know there are a lot of choices out there and so happy you spent your time with me. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a lesson. If you want to talk about your own story or have a specific question to be answered next time, head over to worthresults.com and connect with me. I would love to hear from you. See you next time.